I'm Peter Hopelane, and this is the Technic Podcast. It's an open discussion on automotive trends, topics, and ideas with leaders in the automotive industry, and it is good as always to have you along, everybody. In today's episode, I talk with rad people racing rad cars with rad friends. I talk with uh, Sean Neal. Sean's been a friend for 20 years and an integral part as to why Technic has been so successful. Sean has been has a very impressive resume of wins under his belt. And in this interview, I find it interesting because we set out to talk about one thing and ended up talking about what defines a good experience in motorsports. And as you'll hear, two friends, and we we can't really get around that, talk about the racing experience in today's landscape and maybe even what it's like to be friends after racing together. Here is Sean Neal. Authorize that shit, yo. Yeah, yeah, I just, I fucking, I just... Yeah, I've got things going on over here. I gotta catch up the technology. So, yeah, is that the fucking box in the back? Is that the frunk or the fronk? That is oh, the, the frunk. That's the trunk. It's the frunk. <laughs> no, the trunk. frunk is in the front. It's the trunk, not the frunk. It's the trunk. <laughs> the trunk. You have to roll your tongue when you say the trunk. Yeah, trunk. Your Germans roll in. Yeah. So, I uh, yeah, I'm I'm yeah, I fucking zoom all day. I like it. Oh, I can't, I'm over it. No, today it's been Zoom all day. We just had an hour and a half talk with uh, this guy named Mark Martin. Might have heard of him. Uh, no big deal, dude. He, I, I will say, I'll tell you this: the uh, the I saw online uh, his RV. He's like big into RVing. Like that's his whole lifestyle, right? He's like traveling around, dude. He like ceramic coat cleans the engine. And like clear coats, the AC compressors and stuff. Like his shit is nice, dude. Right, right. Uh, he, yeah, he's, yeah, his coaches are legit. Tinker. Okay, yeah, <laughs> tinker. He's not a coacher. He's a tinker. <laughs> All right, let's get into this. Let's get this started. What? Um, okay. Can I get a beer? Can I get a beer real quick? Yeah. Do you have one? No. Hold on. Yeah, you can ask questions, Pete. I heard it. I heard something. There it is. How's every good? How's every good podcast start off with? Oh, this podcast started already. I'm not editing any of this. No, but how's every good podcast start? Drinks. Hold my beer and listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make that. I'm gonna make that the title of this podcast. Hold my beer and listen to this. <laughs> All right, let's talk about this. Let's talk about what we've been talking about. The you. And I started a conversation and we put a pin in it and we're going to finish it, which is there's an interesting kind of landscape going on right now as it, as it pertains to racing. Right. And it's like, there's you, you've come from PCA, which I think is kind of stillborn at this point. Right. Like it's, I don't know how they're even making West coast. It. West coast PCA is, if they're lucky, stagnant, if they're lucky, Midwest and East coast, you know, they have huge fields, you know, half the fields are cup cars and GT. They have a real GT Ford club sport series out there. Uh, 944 cup, you know, they have right. big fields out in the East coast and Midwest, but West coast is the same 30 dudes running around. So it's, it's kind of, if it's lucky, it's treading water. Right. And, um, I have a client Sorry, that, Sorry. In, in real estate who actually did a whole study on this and, um, you've, you ran, so for everyone, this is Sean Neal and we ran the Technic BMW together for, we, we crushed it together, um, for a long time until we blew up and then, um, and that wasn't the car. <laughs> No, yeah, it wasn't the car. It was our friendship. <laughs> it was our friendship. Um, the, 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 so you ran with NASA, right? 
And yep. you said some really interesting things there around how racing with the BMW made you a better Porsche driver and the better the Porsche made you a better BMW driver. So you honed your skills there. And right. now uh, you've sold off all the BMW infrastructure. You kept the 911 classic car, race car. But now you're also looking at doing some more Porsche stuff in like WRL. So what <clears throat> what's interesting is I, I think that, that there's an interesting thing for me around the 25-hour. Everyone knows I'm like the dedicated 25-hour guy. I truly do not know how much oxygen is in the room that's left in the room. It, it, how about this? I don't, I, I'm, wonder, <clears throat> I'm wondering with a lot of things that support this thought, is the 25-hour, the canary in the coal mine. It's really expensive to run. It's kind of got this big notoriety. It's sort of a fourth stop on big tours. And here comes WRL. Here comes Lucky Dog. Here comes AER. Here comes Chan. Like, here comes all this endurance racing. So couple that with COVID. You're not going to get a lot of European teams coming over here because of COVID this year. And... If I'm on the East Coast, I'm thinking to myself, well, why am I going to truck it all the way out there to do a bucket list 25-hour race when I could do a 24-hour just right here in my backyard? Right. So I, there's this part of me that's like, how much, you know, what is the product? What is it doing? And, you know, going from PCA to NASA, and everyone knows NASA's like Denny's, right? Like they have licensing, they have HPDE, they have sprint racing, they have endurance racing, they have time trialing, they have fucking... Wagon races, they have everything. So what I, I, I just want you to sort of finish what you were saying about like, you know, this trying these different cars, looking at these different series. And I kind of want to hear, finish what you were saying about, you know, what the value proposition is for you. Well, you know, let's, um, let's, you know, as, as you say, let's unpack this, right? So we, you started with the 25 and, you know, and I, I went to 25, I think in 15 or 16 with you to observe what I was getting into to, to how we could run our program for the 25. Cause that's what we were geared after when we started. Um, and I remember like Janetta's and Colton Herta and flying lizards had a bunch of cars and Turner motorsports was there. And you're like, wow, this is massively impressive. Um, and you watch 2019, like there was one flying lizard car there, you know, and there wasn't anybody else. Rhino Racing wasn't there. And you watch the, the mid-pack, the, the grouse roots, the enthusiasts fill the field where the sharp end of the stick kind of decided to do something different. It wasn't just last year or 19. It was 18 also. I think 17 was last year. Janetta's showed up. and So you watch that and the, the numbers came down a little bit throughout the time. And it's a commitment, like you mentioned. It's a solid week for people who live locally, just to show up on Wednesday to build a test on Thursday and do Friday, Saturday, and then get out by 5 p.m. on Sunday. It's a, it's a week uh, in round holidays between Thanksgiving and Christmas. So it's a lot. So I understand that Lester, when most teams, you know, a lot of teams can go to Coda with WRL the week before. Yeah, and they can do Sebring with WRL a month, I think, before that and have the same experience at another world-renowned track with, you look at the car fields and they're pretty impressive also. You know, so I, I, I think that what WRL, I'll just speak with them because that's who I'm looking forward to right now and in, in, in interviewing, or they're interviewing me, one of the two, I don't know. But <laughs> they're dedicated to one platform. And I think if you're going to go an endurance race, you need to, to pick a platform and move with it. Uh, NASA is a great platform. I loved it. It worked really well for us. It worked well for you. It works well for a lot of people. I think they just need to figure out where to really dig their boots in and, and identify on the West Coast. And, you know, like difference between Northern California and Southern California, same program, same weekend, same DE. Same club racing, and they're running completely different. So if a, if a South, uh, South uh, Southern California region guy goes to the Northern California region, it's not the same program. 
it's not in an outburger. You know, you don't know what you're getting. You're getting a racing, but it's run differently. The optics are different a little bit. So I think it's, you know, I'm not what's, your, what's your allure? I'm, I'm, gonna, I, I'm holding all my own cards. Everyone associates me to sort of like this NASA person. It's like, I, I'm a racer, but I think that NASA's product has been the best so far. But now I'm starting to sit here and say, I don't want to go. I was just on the phone with Robin Paul from HQ Autosport. And, you know, he's, they're out in Atlanta. Cheaters. Hmm? Cheaters. They, they are. <laughs> They I had are. to get it. Sorry, they are. No, they are. They're, they, they, dude, they cheat like a month. No, so uh, you know, and that you know, their car at, ran into some issues at, at Atlanta, and it's like, well, what do you do now? Do you go back to Atlanta and bring the car back here, or do you fix it out there, or do you have to fly out there and do it yourself? Like, that's a lot of for me, and I know you know this. Like, we always have these conversations. That's not a good ROI for my time. Right. And, um, but what I'm interested to know is like, what is, what's the allure for, um, you know, with WRL say versus work, right? Like unpack what you're seeing in that regard. First of all, uh, at this, uh, road, this race that I just spoke of, I think they had 63 cars, Right in four yeah. classes, just do the math. And one class had, two, uh, you know, twenty five percent of the field. They just or, sold out. They just sold out. I think VIR in an hour with eighty cars. They say Coda the week before twenty five has ninety cars. Right. I mean, that's just astronomical. So is that the allure? I, I think um, the allure is something different. Like we're always looking for something different, right? We're racers, and and tracks we haven't been to, like. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to be Dakota to go to Dakota three times, right? Uh, there's other tracks that are on their uh, schedule that, you know, I hate the word bucket list, but I want to go race Road America, Road Atlanta, VIR, Sebring, right? And and that's one of the allures, right? They, you know what you're getting. It's in and out burger. You show up, you order a double-double, and it's the same. And that's what they're selling. It's just a different track. Uh, the rules are very stable, very easy to, to, to go by. Registration's super easy. Your licensing is super easy. It's just a straightforward deal. And that's one of the allures. Plus, they actually are helping promote some of their arrive and drive teams. Like you can go to, you can find out and they all work together. Like you can show up and pay X amount with this team to race in WRL. And it's almost like a co-op. Does that make sense? Where they're incestuous, where they, you know, WRL needs these businesses to help bring more people and more car counts. And the businesses need WRL to help put more cars and drivers into their business model. So, I mean, right there, it's, they're working together to, to create a, a platform and a product, which is pretty smart. I mean, you think about it <laughs> and it's not that expensive. I mean, you can go and race, uh, Coda the week before 25 and it's 2,500 bucks registration for Coda two eight two eight hour races. So it's less time. I get it, but you're in a different track with a much larger competitive field. You know, some of the fields, but are, it's two eight hour races, right? Right. It's two hour races. It's not, I mean, it's not the long, the 25 hours true, but it's Coda. It's not Thunder Hill and there's plenty of places to stay. It's central, easy to fly and easy to fly out. Uh, Best Western Plus, yo. Right. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a spot, dude. Right. Yeah, I guess. So you you got to get Deepa going, dude, at uh, Bakersfield, bro. Right. Or, give a shout out to her. Um, but, you know, I, the lure that you're asking about is is it's something different. Uh, bigger card counts, more, I think, the competition level. If you look at the times and a lot of the people are – uh, the teams are pretty close to each other, but it's like any racing series. Everybody, you know, the water finds its level with each other. So it's just something different. It's different tracks is the big allure. This easy simplicity. To, I think to that's it. I think that, I think that the pressure behind a lot of this right now is the fact that we've been all stuffed in our fucking houses and it made F button feel like I've been doing this forever. And 
NASA, I, what's up? NASA could pretty easily take the work and just make it a NASA nationwide. Uh, yes, it already is. But it's whether that region wants to do it or not. Like, it's not 100%. I mean, look, I'm in a very interesting situation, right? Because I'm a racer. I have a team. I could travel if I wanted to now. I could do a lot of different things. Um, I also help run a series. And I just think it's a really interesting conversation. Because when I unpack the conversations going on around work versus Lucky Dog versus WRL, I'm not saying there's a right answer. I actually don't. This is going to sound really weird. I actually don't care. I just think it's an interesting conversation as to why people are looking at WRL. They're looking at these huge car counts. They're selling out. And there's like, oh, there's like this major event happening. But I also hear about cars getting center punched left and right because they don't do their licensing a lot right. And I also hear that... Uh, you know, the way they do their pit stops are like goofy, right? So it's like, I, I, I'm I, not sure if I'm here, like, I'm not sure if the product is right altogether. I just don't know. I don't know enough about it because when I ran Lucky Dog, I liked the two eight-hour day. I actually think that that's a product. I think it's a good thing. But I also feel like you know when you like, you know when you, um, this is probably bad because you and I have been in relationships for so long, but you know how people break up with someone and then they get back into the relationship with like the same type of person? I feel like all these people are looking around going, wow, it's getting crowded in the endurance racing space. And then they go over there and it's like, oh, it's actually the same person. But they're saying they're happy in the moment. But it's only a matter of time before they go. Oh well, this is this is boring. This is to, I've done this. Like that's human nature, right? Why do we eat in different restaurants? Why do we want to live in different towns? Why yeah. do we drive different cars every three-year lease cycle? That's just human nature. That's the way our brain is programmed. You know, and I'm not throwing rocks at anybody. You no, know, and no, no, no. I just want to. My main goal is to see different tracks, and and have a very consistent. Um platform right uh and i think when you look at all the you know let's really jump out of the box but you look at like formula one indy and formula. Uh, uh, um they carry the same uh, medical team with them same transporters they, they they want consistency so everybody knows what they're getting at each location mm-hmm. and and that's I think what's what we like is stability. We want rule stability. We want governance stability. We want yeah. Know, we want a stability. We want a parent in the room. We want someone to be like, right. "This is this is going to get Hard. sorted out." You know what I mean? So you know, and, and I think you know that's something that you know we're going to go and explore WRL. We're not jumping in because you know like, who's we? Um, you know? No, I, I actually don't know. Don't know. I don't want to say his name because he might not want me to say his name. But anyways, uh, yeah. But anyways, <laughs> uh, right. I just leave it that. But uh, I, I think that you know when 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 your we'll call it constituents, right? Because we are really right. There's there's someone we're answering to, trying to get our votes to keep this program going. Um, when you when you're not hearing your audience and when what they're saying. And, you know, sometimes people speak emotionally or passionately uh, or they've got a beer or two in them, you know, like they they have their things to say, but if you're not listening to the people that are bringing you the money, like a restaurant, then there's going to be a point when people are going to stop coming or they're going to look for other options to fill. You know, if I, you know, if I have the chance to do this or a chance to do that, I'm going to do that. Right. Right. But, but here, here's, the age old, like sort of like the grandfather, parents, the parent, the parent, parents, the child, right? Like this is, this is like wisdom where you go, you don't want that. You think you want that, but it's actually not good, right? Like when people sit there and go, oh, well, I'm going to beat supply and demand. I'm going to beat the marketplace by doing this. And they go, actually, that's socialism. And here's why you don't want 
or that's communism, right? And that's why you don't want communism. Communism is, communism is a monopoly on how you live. And I, I'm not saying that WRL or work or Lucky Dog is a communist party. <clears throat> One could make an argument for Lucky Dog, but um, I, I, I just the. the I listen to what people ask for in work. I listen to what people complain about in WRL and I listen to what they love in WRL and my love and what they love about work. I think those two are like those products are really close together. I'm not sure if racers know how to ask for what they want. I just, it's my, I've had people go, hey, can we move this? I'm like, I can't change the schedule in the middle of the year because it's inconvenient for your shop. Like, that's the kind of stuff that I hear. And I'm not saying that the request is wrong. I'm saying, like, no. Like, you can't just be... Someone... I had had a request... I'm not going to get into names and stuff, but I had a request to just add a date from a person who could do it. I'm like, yeah, what? No. Add a date. Here's the thing, right? So, what you're what you're dealing with is psychology, right? And, and 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 as human beings, we naturally have a hard time communicating and asking, right? And and how to get our message across to people. That's, I want you to want me, right? But the whole point of this is, you know, it's how do you ask for a cheeseburger, right? You're like, oh, give me a cheeseburger. And it's like, no, I don't hear you. But I mean, the point is, is it's not racers alone that have a hard time asking for anything. It's just us, it's it's our our DNA, right? Who we are. We just, we're passionate. We want it our way. And if you give 10 people something, you're going to have 10 different opinions, right? And you know that it's, let's talk about the lights at Button Willow, identification on cars. 30 something cars on the track. <laughs> but that's my point. Really is like, it's, and I, I don't know if I've got this right. I honestly don't know if this, you know, if I got this right. But what I keep saying to people and what NASA keeps saying to people is they're not the same product. And I'm not saying one is better than the other, but they're just not, they're, they can't be treated as the same. And I think they're both tugging on everyone's dollar. I was talking to a shop and he's just like, I go in so many different directions between all these series. It's all, it's just, someone needs to aggregate it almost, you know? And I think that, you know, with there's, there's two Porsche clubs, one's PCA cause then there's another one. And they, I can you, fucking say it. You, that not me. Your politics are mine. They're, no, I'm just trying to not offend anybody because it's all hashtag. No, you better get off this podcast then, dude. <laughs> no, but you know, it's the point is, is like you, you have, um, let's just say there's a potential for a hundred people at one time to race. The Festival of Speed, which would combine those two groups at Fontana on a big track, uh, when they would combine, there'd be roughly a hundred cars which is both clubs on the West coast coming together. That's not a lot of participants for two series. And, and to not want to get your, um, not rules, right? Cause we all have the same rules of rules, but your requirements for cars, you know, your classifications to not even bring them to alignment, to, but to have them very different, Right, one car says GT4, the other car says GT4, but in each group, they require a decent amount of work to make them fall into that class. You, you right there divided the room, right? And I don't know why we like to divide because that's what we're doing right now in the world is dividing. But if you're all trying to conquer and achieve the same goal, which is having cars at your weekend to give your company money, why wouldn't you make it easier for people to cross pollinate? And, you know, when you're saying everybody's trying to, you know, WRL and NASA and, and Lucky Dog and all this and that, if, forget your, your, your personal feelings, if you basically FIA and, and American Le Mans series, right? They were so far apart, but they're the same cars, just the different ways. So if people were to work together to, to bring those two platforms closer, 
what we want to do as racers is no, it, race. it doesn't it doesn't matter I, I think you just actually hit it on the, the head is like we're we're always going to have this tension if you go back to like indie you go back to like sprint car racing you go back to because remember sprint car racing you know used to not have a wing versus the, the midgets versus sprints <laughs> that used to all be the same thing that's the 50s and 60s so right. like in my opinion i think you just said it right the the we're always going to be going through this it's actually really i'm actually i just had this moment of like i don't fucking care anymore because this problem will never go away we're always going to be having this conversation around the racers want to race certain ways other racers want to race certain ways wrl is really hot right now because they've taken friction away from their entries and their races and all that stuff like that products better or not. It's not, I'm not having that conversation. I'm just saying like NASA, <clears throat> NASA's kind of become the incumbent and they serve more than one person. Like NASA, it's hard for NASA to add time to an endurance race because they have to take it from somebody. So, it, you know, if you were to look at, there, no, no, hear me out, hear me out. Right. Like NASA has great racing all the time because a lot of people can come up through HPDE, their licensing and all that stuff like that. Agreed. Great. Right. Yes, and, yes. Yeah. And like, it's way more social people go straight from the race cars to the bar effectively. Right. There's no like disappearing into the haulers and doing all that other stuff like that. And I know that with the WRL guys that they're trying to build culture, they're trying to do this. The reality is whenever <clears throat> there's always going to be division in racing. Like I just had this light bulb moment of like Indy sprint versus midget, you know, NASCAR, right? Like it, it's, it's, it doesn't matter. I literally just like, let's just change the subject because it doesn't matter. We're always going to be at odds on this. It, and, and for me, what's important to me right now because of my time constraints is, and I think a lot of people are going to find themselves after they go through their bucket list, their pandemic bucket list, they're going to find themselves wanting to continue to race and they're going to try and find a local championship. And I think what people are going to start finding is if you don't have a local championship, it's just like real estate. Like I can sell in the fifth largest economy in the whole world. Probably not a very good idea for me to sell in the city, although I could buy in the city because the job functions of selling a house in the city versus the peninsula. There's so many different things that are going on there that you have to disclose. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do the best job from a buying perspective. I can do that. Right. So like, we're always going to be divided, but I think we're always going to find ourselves going racing. will always land at a local. It's a local economy, if you will. Right. Well, Hey and, Pete, my, my phone just blew up. Right with with everyone in the podcast that says, and there's Pete taking it back to Pete. Right? When we're not talking about we're talking about this this thing, and I understand your analogy. What did you just say? I, just, I didn't make it about me. I made it about the fact that when you have something, it is a localized. Fuck off! If you have a localized thing, yes, you can travel, but you won't. You're going to focus on these things, and well, NASA's going to offer one thing. I think it's a different thing. Uh, WRL is going to offer another thing. Lucky Dog's going to offer another thing. I just think it's interesting. And I think it's interesting because you went sort of like Super Club PCA and then you went NASA and now you're trying WRL. And I just think that's an interesting... Well, it's, it's also an economic scale, right? You know what I mean? Like, so racers are traditionally cheap. There's no mystery on that one, right? Where everyone tries to get the most value. Right. And, and, and the platform and the recognition or the, you know, what they're doing and, and around, you know, what's in the paddock and what names are walking around. You know, like I remember when I would do the first 25, like Colton, Brian Herta, Janetta, you know, like, oh my God, you know, and then we raced against Randy Post a couple of times, you know, and you're like, I'm racing against these dudes. So that gives you internally a really good feeling of what you're doing. Right. And I'm racing with these people that everyone knows. Um, association. And, right. That's all we want to do, right? Either you're guilty by association or you're validated by association. One of the two. So I, I think fair. that I think that, you know, and you said WRL is hot right now, but what WRL has is they have amazing tracks on their schedule, right? 
their, their, their formula works because they can sell those tracks out and make it a viable business model for them where we, as a, a, a we'll call it a grassroots uh, racing person can show up and actually race there on those tracks with big fields, very competitive at a, a reasonably uh, um, economic value. Mm-hmm. Right? And, but just, it's just the travel, like, where do you want to live? Like, you know, do you want to go there and come back? Or do you want to come to Laguna or, you know, Laguna Seca or Sonoma or Fontana, they have to come and travel. We have to go there and travel. So that's the only, the give and take. Right. But I mean, who doesn't want to race some of the East coast tracks? That's just what we all grew up watching, you know, like, and they want to come out here from the East coast and race our tracks. So it's just, it's, it's, it's what the, the available product is. And I think that WRL right now is offering some really good iconic race tracks. Uh, IMSA has done a really good job of bringing back uh, road racing, right. Where people are watching it now and it's super popular and that's building traction at these tracks. Like you watch Road Atlanta at the MC, you're like, oh my God, I gotta go there and race. The NASCAR's there, you're like, I gotta go there and race. And Indy shows up, you're like, I gotta go there and race. And the only people really offering that um, are a couple other companies, you know? So that's really about it. It's about access. So it has nothing to do with track time? It's access. Track time's fine, you know? Like, I mean, think about your average, uh, let's just be fair, right? We all think we're better than we are. But if you're doing eight hours, you bring three of your friends. There's four of you. You both get two hours in the car. You bring three guys. And you get a lot of track time for what you're really uh, physically available to do at that optimum um, limit. Right? We're not, we don't train every day to go racing. <laughs> We're not professional. But if you do an eight-hour race and you have three guys, like you're kind of at the end of your stint by the time it's over, right? Physically. And, and, you, and you start depreciating. So you go there and you're like, this is amazing. I just did two hours, two and a half hours in the car and I'm spent. And now my, my next guy, my, my teammate gets in. So, and you're these iconic tracks that are very demanding. So, I mean, that's just, it's kind of, you know, we're not throwing rocks at anybody like you say, we're not throwing rocks. It's just a different opportunity. No, no. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think you've said some really good things in there and I'm not, I am not discounting any of it. I just, I don't hear people going, Oh, you know, like it's more track time, but it's like the experience. That's all we're it doing. Is, it, it, it is. I think you're, I think you're, you're talking around something and the through line for you is you want these experiences. Yeah. And I think that that's valid. I think it's valid right now. Because when people say to me, oh, you get, you want more track time, it's like, go do a three-hour race. Go drive for three hours. Tell me how that works. Tell me if you want more track time after you go do a three-hour race at work. Right. And I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> no, no, no you do not. It sounds good on paper. You know, and, and you know, I mean, I, I understand why HQ left, the, you know, went to race the East Coast because E2 got really competitive. Oops, sorry. I, no. know, I was just teasing you guys. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, no, 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 no. I just like totally throwing rocks. At this <laughs> I had to do a dig out. Uh, no, but those are great guys, by the way, and I and I totally appreciate it. And um, they've done really well with Daytona, WRL. Like, they won it. Right? That was that was rad. But I just wanted to throw it out there because I love you guys. You're backpedaling. Uh, You're backpedaling. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's called passive aggressive. Okay, <laughs> right. my bad. My bad. But no, I mean, like, it, but their experiences, right? And they come back, and every time you talk to them, like, dude, that was the best experience. Like, the track, it was amazing. And like, I'm at Daytona, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, who doesn't go to Daytona and still put it on their Instagram? You show me any professional driver, he's like, I'm at Daytona. And they're like, oh, my God, I'm at Daytona, right? So I think that's the experience. We're about the experience. And then and our brains are wired for novelty, right? Like, why do we go to new restaurants. Why do we travel to new locations? Why do we buy new clothes or get new yeah, cars? Restaurants is a good example, right? They're like hot the and they open up. Right. right. Yeah. And we go to places where we know the food's shit, but the experience is rad. Right. We know that Vegas, it's a bad weekend, but it's the best weekend because <laughs> you come home with really great takeaways. And then you're like, man, I spent money and, and I stayed up too late and I feel like shit, but I had a great time. So it's about novelty. And I think that's really about what it is. 
So, and then people reinvent themselves, you know? So I think, I think if, if, if there were more opportunities and we just want to race different places, you know, like, all right, let's change, let's change the subject. Um, I think one of the, the really interesting things that I've been, uh, kind of just keying in on is when you talk about experiences, you're an interesting guy because you, you, you brand out of the spec nine eleven car. That's like your, that's your, your town bicycle for you. And sorry, the beer's catching up with me, but the, it's a truly Pete. That's not even close to a beer. I can't drink beer anymore, man. It's fucking, it's truly. I hate getting old. Um, Dude. The, the, you went and you said driving the BMW made me a better Porsche driver. Driving the Porsche made me a better BMW driver. Now you're going to go try what a Cayman Club Sport. Yeah, is that what you're flirting with with your? Affair? We're flirting with that or a uh, Audi TCR. Okay, but you should. I know, but you said that. Why would you want to even try the front wheel drive car? Because it's not even the same. They don't correlate. Here, here's what it is. It, it breaks down to um, now we're, we're venturing out and now it becomes economic based, right? No. What to explain it? Well, one car is a, a little more to run and operate and the other car is a little less to operate. And then you're also interviewing teams, right? Because what we had um, with Technic at the 25 and, and all the other, you know, the work series was you and I developed this amazing infrastructure. And that's why we'd have 20 plus people come and work with us. And we had, well, Rogers of the world and Matt Millions come in to drive with us. And everyone in the paddock was like, those guys got something going on over there special. And that's what I'm looking for as a team. And, I, and, I'm, and, and this sounds weird, but I want to know who I'm going to actually go and spend my time with. And that's what's important to me. And like you and I, like Pete mentioned earlier, like we broke up. We didn't break up. We just had two brothers just decided to throw rocks for a minute. And then we knew we were going to hug it out later. But if I'm not having fun racing and I don't enjoy the, the platform that I'm racing in, then I don't want to do it. Right. So that's just really my thing. So I don't know which one I've never driven any of these cars. So I'm going to go and test them and then figure out which one works for me. And then, um, sorry. That's, yeah. It's called silence on your phone. Yeah, I just I didn't. No one ever calls me. I was no one ever calls. Okay, lonely guy. Uh, so I was your chair. Uh, uh, no fucking way. Lose the I just want to go and, and see what's out there, right? I, I really want to do that. You know, I mean, if if I had my druthers, you know, I I, I would just go and race the Cayman. But I'm interested by another car for a minute. It's novelty. And if I go there, because, I mean, how sexy is a TCR out? It's pretty sexy, right? And it's not that sexy to me. It just looks sexy. And it's like, you know, yeah, it's all like, that it does. Fucking completely different platform than, than what I'm used to. So, you know, to become a better driver, um, if you drive more cars and different cars, then overall you become a better, more rounded driver. And so uh, it's also the fit. Like, where do I fit and where do I want to slide in with a certain team? You know, like, who's going to accept me? Who do I accept? Do I like the energy? Do I like the program? Because back to you and I, like, we had a really amazing program. And and I'm spoiled. Like, I, we climbed Mount Everest, right? So what other mountains are for me to go climb? So I got to try and find that same energy. And that's why you have to interview more teams and go and see where you fit in. Because it's really, that's, I'm here to have fun, first of all be competitive and have a really fun car to race. That's about it. So I don't know where I'm going to fit in at, but I'm going to go and test some stuff and see where it lands. Yeah. What, when you compare your time with the 911 and the BMW where they were overlapping, what was your biggest takeaway? I'm really big into like driver complacency right now. It's just a, thing like we're so drivers the, the whole cheater joke is like we want to be competitive but we also we get everything on a flywheel and we get so complacent that we don't even understand how someone beat us so we just go protest 
they're cheating. It's like, no, they're just beating you because you're just on the same flywheel doing the same thing. And that's what I love about Justin Ross, right? The guy looks at every rule book for every series. He steals all of it and says, this is how, and he makes cars go super freaking fast. Uh, same thing with uh, Edge, same thing with Strom. Like these guys just, the reason why they're successful is because they're not co- being complacent. Right. And well, I mean, so I'd be interested to hear what your takeaways are as it pertains to like a 911 rear engine car and then a front mounted car. I, it's probably mid front, but like still, you know, like what were your takeaways as you, fl- as you look back on them and go, this was really key. If that hadn't happened, then this wouldn't have happened or whatever. I don't know. But Well, the, 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 are, you, are you asking the question of like how the BMW made me a better 911 driver? How the 911 yeah, just anything. I, don't, I just want to hear about it's all, it's key all the takeaways. Back end. It's just all the back end. You know, the BMW you drive and the back end and the 911, it's all about behind you. And, and once you're comfortable with the back end and everything behind you moving around a lot, then you can go forward faster. But if you're not comfortable with the back end moving around, you're not going to go forward any faster. Mm-hmm. And both those cars require the back end to do a lot of the work. And that's where they complement for me. This is how it works for me. That's where I start complimenting because, you know, the BMW, it, it it walks out and it talks to you and the, the 911 tells you it's about to throw you around and wrestle you to the ground. <laughs> and when you find that medium between them, both the cars really just come alive. So that's what I learned from both of them. What was your, uh, I know for myself, when I went from the BMW to the Boxster, I had to, you know, in real estate, you can build a house, right? You have your floor, your floor plan, and it's built a certain way. And then a lot of times what builders do is they just flip it upside down, right? They just roll it over. So it's different, but it's effectively the same. I felt that way going from the Porsche to the Boxster. It was breaking a straight line, get on gas earlier as the BMW for me. I mean, I dro- we drove it like a truck. It was like you slide the thing in, you, you, your mid corner speed was like a moment. Um, when you went from the 911 to the BMW, did you have any like Jesus Christ moments where you're like, this is like what I can I trust that? Like, is that okay? Is it supposed to do like where was what was that like initially? So the, the two things that I remember the biggest moments in the BMW were we were looking at data and and I was told that I was not giving it full throttle. <laughs> and that hurt. And <laughs> the data showed that I wasn't giving it full throttle. And then the data also showed that I was 9-11 braking, not using the ABS. And so when I learned that you can really lean on the brakes and the ABS and actually move the wheel, <laughs> I'm like, aha, I get it. Yeah. And so that was where, you know, with, with my car, it's an 81 911 FC, three liter. <laughs> we run the stock, cal- uh, stock disc and with the, different calipers that have to fit inside of a 16 inch Fook wheel. And we run Paget pads. That's our braking system. And that's a straight line braking car. Right. And so you have to, you know, I would learn to mash the brakes in the BMW, <laughs> whereas I still have to apply the brakes properly onto a 911 to make the car work right. But, you know, mashing the pedal and the power steering to non-power steering how do you, how do you, how did you make the, okay, this is, and I'm asking honestly, how, how I agree with you that the Porsches like to break in a straight line. You probably get on gas a little bit earlier. The BMWs, you can just drive it in on the ABS. You kind of just think sliding around and you just kind of wring its neck. How did you, how, I, I'm trying to understand how that made you feel like you're a better driver because those two don't, they don't correlate. Like I don't, and I'm, I could be wrong. Like I'm not trying to be complacent. I'm actually trying to search for how, so for example, um, I think that a Miata and a Boxster have more in common than the BMW does with any of those things. And so 
it's very interesting to me to watch Matt Millions or any of these guys get in a car. Uh, Brandy Popes can drive just about anything. Um, but how do you take the lessons of breaking a straight line, no ABS, to totally different, get the data out of the BMW, tells you you're doing it all wrong, make you faster in both cars? Again, it's back to what the back end of the car is telling you, right? Um, and it takes, you know, it takes a little bit of time to put your brain into which car am I driving right now? BMW is so torquey uh, initially, and then the you know the 911 has torque in a higher RPM range. It just it, it it they both want to step out, and you kind of fuck. What's the matter? Hold on, this I had a pop on my screen. Sorry. There we are. Just just um, thing popped up. Um, when the back end on a 911 steps out, you initially want to breathe the car, right? Because that's what your your road brain is telling you, like, oh my god, I gotta get control of the car, right? Which is the wrong thing to do. In the BMW, when the back end steps out, you just throttle manage it. You just put your foot and you just make it roll down on it, right? Yeah, right. It just it just keeps going, and it's like, hey, we're getting close, we're getting close. So. That's and you know you really steer the 911 with the back end most of the time you know and that's where I learned to be comfortable with the back end of the car moving around. Oh, that's the 911, you became moves. more comfortable with the 911 moving around after. because of the BMW because, because the BMW moving around, around right. a lot, right? Got it. And that's where you're like, oh, now I'm comfortable with the back end moving around. Now I know how to apply throttle and and steering and inputs and slow hands and your foot's just playing on the throttle a little bit. And that's where the comfort level comes from. You know, I don't think I would be anywhere near as comfortable than 911 if the BMW never appeared, just to be honest. Moving into some of the other platforms that you're looking at going into, what do you hope, what do you, I mean, I know, I, I know that this is a weightless comment, but like, what are you hoping to get out of, a GT4. What are you looking for in some of these club sport cars that you're staring at? As you know what I mean, like wh- once you have some information, uh, a comparative, let's say 911 versus BMW or Boxer versus BMW, like whatever, right? You start looking around, going, okay, well, what's next? And you want to put that knowledge to work and fill. Uh, what I always say in my business is, I want to understand where the corners and the where the corners are and where the horizons are, right? Like if I can't see the horizon or if I got a blind spot somewhere, I want to understand what those are. I want people to show them to me. So like, what is it about the GT4 that you're, or RS4, like whatever you're going to, like, what is it that you think you want to get out of it? Or are you just looking for a better energy and whatever the experience is, will just be net net. So the, the, so to answer the question, you know, the, the, upper platforms are offered at the different tracks through WRL, right? Through the arrive and drives. Like PCA really has very few arrive and drive teams where you can just actually show up and write a check and hop into a car and then have coaching and data and everything else um, available to you. And, And that's one of the other nice products about it. You know, like even, you know, I don't, it's just, there's a multitude of arrive and drive teams that are offering WRL rides. So that's a simplicity thing where I can just show up and. No, no, I get that. But what I'm saying is you're looking at, you're looking at some pretty, like there are other teams out there that have E46s that run WRL work, whatever. They're all booked. They're, 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 they're sold out. There's a reason why they're sold out. And, and that's the, that's the thing. So like, if you want to go race, you have to up, go to the next level, right? And that's where, that's where, you know, like what's our next level, you know? And I, I don't really want to drive a, a Nissan 370, <laughs> you know, uh, it's just nothing against anybody. It's just, it doesn't excite me. You know, like, no, no, it just doesn't excite me. You know, it's just, when you look at why are we racing? Like, you know, I got into this because I wanted to race Porsches, right? And that's just the thing I was, and 
I'm fortunate enough to do that and very lucky. And I know you like German cars moving past that. I want to understand, like when you're looking at a, at a, uh, a GT four, a Cayman club sport, for example, I think they're, they're on your list. On, what are you looking for? What are you hoping to get out of that? I'm fascinated because when we race with the PCA, there's, there's a handful of them, right? Uh, first gen, second gen. And, I, for a few months, I get to follow them around. I get to watch what they're doing and I see their strengths and their weaknesses, you know, with, with what we're doing. Uh, and it's a great looking car. And it's just, it's just, if I were to buy a new Porsche, I'd buy that, not the Carrera because it's the, it's more of a pure spirited Porsche car. It's a sports car. The Carrera is so big now. Uh, I want to really. 911 is a big bird. Big girl, that's a, <laughs> yeah, that's an athletic body, as they say. Not bad, Just right? Saying. No, no, it's a, yeah, no, and, and that's it. But it's you know the spirit, you know, and and I really want to go out and have fun with, see what I can do with that pure sports car, you know, mid engine, truly like a mid engine car, uh, ABS, power steering, air conditioning, bunch of stuff to change the diff and the brake bias and all that stuff. So that's really what I'm after. Just a, just a different experience. The novelty, you know, we circle back to the novelty again. I, you know, you know what, for me, it's really interesting is I, I actually was on the website for the BMW club sport and the Porsche GT4. The, the M2, which I think was like 140 grand or something like that. I don't great car. Don't hold me to that. Um, you know, Audi, um, the Audi A3, um, really popular car right now. Uh, I, I, what is interesting to me with the Specky 46, what, which was our car that we graduated to the, to the 25 hour car was you bought it once and operating it really wasn't that expensive. Um, and so that was really interesting to me. I think if you could find a place to get these homologated cars where you're not obligated to the IMSA homologation parts, where it's kind of like the airplane clip that's 50 cents, but because this guy touches it, it's $9 and you need a hundred of them. Um, and they all have to be replaced. You can't do just one. Like that's kind of what IMSA has done to some of these cars is they've driven up the operating cost of it. They make it easier but the margin is just, it's you're paying opportunity costs for people that don't know how to work on cars. I think there's an interesting space within WRL and work to take those cars, buy it new, and not have to go buy the super crazy bearing that's been touched by a person. You can buy it through the dealership, you know, and like go just get a regular bearing. And that's interesting. That's an interesting thing where you can adjust the diff and it just, it's like you hit a button and the thing just shows up. Oh man, that is awesome. I'm also going through the growing pains of building a car right now and I'm over it. I, I, I will publicly say I made a mistake. I, I, well, you know, we, we all do in our lives and, you know, not just with motorsports, but in life, you know, but I, I think, you know, back to the E46, I think it's one of the best platforms ever because if you look at what strom does with them and if you look at what everyone else in europe is doing with them and the m3 platform specifically those cars are still monsters today Mm -hmm. against modern cars Mm -hmm. (laughs) so so i'm sorry you know like if anybody would ever ask me like and and i actually um used showed your belly i'll show my belly i wish i had the 14 car because we could go find a place for it to go because it was so developed and just bulletproof and and that's a, a thing that you know we'll all learn from but you know if anybody wants to go racing go buy an e46 and just go fucking race it because it's going to find a home and you're going to win and it's not going to be that hard to operate or expensive to operate but you know back to your question is the gt4 just happens to be there it's the brand that um I'm fortunate enough to uh, have an opportunity to to drive, and it's it's always where you're. It's always where you're, I I I think it's underestimated. It's where your brand lies. 
you know it's it's so it's so important it's you if you thinking about racing or being a part of racing the thing you have to the thing that no one will really like come out and say it's where your brand lies i'm an endurance racer like i don't i don't care but i have this hard i look at the um the uh the old tapg team right and they had that 86 that thing was so fast though they, they cheaters a hundred percent i know they, they cheated cheeto uh, every time, the time up, every big time. smile and the mouse yeah. shell oh, yeah. their mouth. hey like, what time it, is it wouldn't even tell you fucking hi cheater. guys how are cheater. you hey what time is it i i you know you have to just go look that up yourself where's the tap guys i don't know where they go but the cars are <laughs> where's the <tap> guys? <laughs> love you guys by the way uh, <laughs> mean it but, but um but I think that if you ask me, okay, the boxer just got wiped out. Are you going to do it again? Uh, no, I would probably do a nine eight seven. I'd do something on can. But if I was to leave the boxer platform altogether again, and you told me to go get an A eighty six, which is a great car, yeah. or the or the E forty six, I would pick the E forty six. A hundred percent. Although they they if you. If you're paying attention, that 86 car exploited. They figured out a way to exploit all kinds of rules that you just that makes them a threat. And why would you not want to do that? It's because it's not where your brand lies. But you would do it like blindly if that's where your brand lies. If you were into Japanese cars or whatever, whatever, whatever. Are you a brand or a a competitor? Right. That's what you have to figure out. Like, what are what are you? Right. And you know, it's funny because. Now that they're not that like they they kind of went through something similar to us, but now they're back at an E46, and I hey, actually think that that by the is way, one of the best platforms. If you watch what they're doing with that car, and it's a beautiful car, and it's super fast, and those guys are fast too. Let's just let's take nothing from them, because um, I don't want to compete against them. But <laughs> they're really, I mean, it's just the platform, you know. I mean, and, and I just think that. At the end of the day, I love BMWs also, uh, the E46. There's 2002. <laughs> you know, there's some really good BMWs. Um, but I just, I, I'm, I'm just interested in, in finding other experiences, you know, with, with different platforms. And, you know, the chance for me to get to drive a very modern factory-built race car, which all I've ever driven is yeah. a road car turned into a really competitive race car. Which is what they did prior to, yeah, the small manufacturer trying to figure out like if I have to build this many cars for the street to race publicly or to race, then I'll build them. And we never really really tribute to those cars. Yeah. So now it's interesting, right? Because now it's for you, it's like a check, right? You're like whether I love it or I hate it, you're like I tried it. Right. Well, you know that that's the thing, you know, and 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 on the phone call today with a group. Someone said if, you know, one manufacturer, Porsche, offered a $100,000 factory prepped race car that no one would buy any other race car, right? Because the GT4 is, I mean, the new one's a quarter million bucks, but it's the bee's knees. Is it really that much now? The MR, yeah, it's like, it's like that. And then the parts are just ridiculously expensive. But if they offered a, a like, a, like BMW's doing with the M2 competition, super light or whatever they call it it's a buck and a quarter just to start and if you if you offered that platform we were all into our our 30 or forty thousand dollar e46 way more than that you just buy this thing and like brett strom says you would just order offline and out of a three ring binder and there's all your parts and there's no math we're not chasing anything so i think if if, if the manufacturers would you know look into if they want to do volume and make some money and expand their brand if you make a, a, a an entry-level race car and then you get some wrls or nasa's or whoever behind it or pirelli world challenge or whatever like they're doing oh yeah don't forget about pirelli world challenge fucking right but i'm saying like and you just build this amazing platform that can go across all different platforms and everyone embraces that then you're going to have more people driving in all your series manufacturers selling more cars and and everybody having a better experience like we're not trying to figure out why the abs light goes on or why is my 
car alarm going off because I didn't change the ECU on my road car that made a race car, <laughs> you know, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I think that, um, you know, it's just, we can go on forever on this one, but we probably shouldn't because it's a slippery slope, but you don't want to be mean to people. No, no, I'm just trying to, I'm just, I'm always trying to figure out how to make something that we do. Like, you know, someone I met years ago really gave you some great advice or a perspective about, we get to do things that not many people in the world get to do. And if you could open that door up, like even the Miata guys are racing Miatas because they love Miatas and they also the economics. But if you could open up what we're doing to so many more people, it would just make this experience we have so much better. This is this goes back to what I was saying about friction. I can't express this enough. The reason why we get complacent is because we don't want the friction in our life. And I think that it is on the event holders to try and take friction out of our lives. Because if you think about Spec Miata was supposed to be $10,000 when we first started racing Spec Miata. And they're fucking 50 grand now. Like people are spending 50 G's on a 1996 four-cylinder car. Right. No, not okay. And so I'm like, okay, with a, that guy goes, okay, well, I'm going to sell this car and I'm going to spend 50 grand on this. I'm going to go faster, right? And he ends up spending 100. And then there's just, it's just, there becomes well, it's the economy, right? It's the false economy right. that we all speak of. It is. It is. And, and I think that that's kind of what's, what's really interesting right now that I like to kind of unpack a little bit is like, how honest are we really being with ourselves? We're letting go of an obscene amount of money to your point to go do something that 1% of the world doesn't get to do to say that we raced a car for 25 hours to say that we're proficient in this sport. It's like intimidating to people. And we're like, why? Cause we're just a bunch of idiots. <laughs> but part of it is like, it's, it's like, it's interesting. So as a business, you're trying to get feedback from your clients and from your product, or I'm sorry, from your uh, <clears throat> consumer, but they're so drunk on themselves. It's really hard to do that. And I, I think that's one of the reasons why the race series, the racing industry as a whole is always in some sort of division. Always. Yes. It's yeah. always in some division because the, the consumer is so drunk on ego and adrenaline that there's not good feedback no one's being honest with themselves a hundred percent i mean i to some degree they are uh my for those that haven't listened like if you haven't listened to bittner's interview it was a really interesting one because he was just like i prefer cheaters over that yeah well we're gonna find out we're gonna find out next weekend if he's a cheater or not yeah yeah i'm gonna go with cheater i talked to him i think he's a cheater by the way that that guy wouldn't know how to cheat if I, I had a great conversation with him. He doesn't read the rules. He doesn't read the rules. He's just like, hey, I'm here to have a good time. <laughs> I had a great conversation with him at Fontana and just what a what a just a pleasure to talk to him for my first time in a long time. So I look forward to seeing him and racing you at Utah. I'm not and, racing uh, at Utah. No, I'm racing at Utah against Bittner. Oh, you are? That just happened. Oh no, it's been in the works for I was like the fourth girl invited to the prom with one team. I like how he tells me this stuff on a podcast. No, I just wanted to say Bittner. I just wanted him to let him know that I'm excited for it. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. No, he's a good dude. He's fast, yeah. too. He's fast. He is. His car's really good looking and clean for a Spec E46. Mm. Like most of those cars have different body panels and stuff. His car's really nice car. You could, you could sashimi off that thing, dude. It is so good. And he does really good. Um, I want sashimi tonight now. Now I want sashimi. Just think right. about Ryan Bittner's car. Right. No, no, All right. <clears throat> well, listen, that's our time because I got to go. But okay. um, it's always good uh, to talk to you, it's always good to unpack these things. Yeah, no, no, you know, and it's great. And, and, and I guess, I mean, one of the things we all want to do is, is bring more people like-minded together to have fun and share time. Because that's all we're doing, right? We have a limited time on to experience these things. Let's make them the best. And, and the more opportunities to do rad things with your rad friends. That's right. Rad things with rad people. That's our, that's our mantra, dude. That's our cape right there. That's the one thing we didn't tear up, right? Rad friends with your rad, with your rad friends. Gotta do rad things with rad people. That's it.
Pete, right. thanks for having me on. That's an honor and an honor. And uh, I'm waiting for the sticker too. Apparently, I'm waiting for a sticker. Yeah, I got them. Okay. I'm not giving you one, but I have them. For all the people that uh, just <laughs> let me know next time I see you, I have them. Right. Sean's he makes it rain with stickers Sean, when you're around. Sean's him. like, yeah, I'm gonna be your friend, but not tell you shit. And then we go do a podcast, and I learn about all these places he's gonna go racing and stuff like that. Oh, no yeah. sticker for you. Oh <laughs> shit. Anyways, uh, I hope that um, yeah, we'll 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 share more time and it's good. Be great. We'll do it again. We'll do it again. Get that, get that car in the background going because I know people want to go out there and race against it. I am I am the uh, I'm the dog pacing the fence right now for the mailman. Just waiting on the I'm waiting on the ECU and, and then we're ready to go. I could technically make Utah. I just don't have the bandwidth of life and everything to just turn everything around. Keely Keely is driving to San Francisco to pick a car up. Cheater. Uh, yeah. He wears um, cowboy boots. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> he looks like John Denver right now with his oh, hair like that. Throw that car on his trailer <laughs> to Utah. You gotta shake it down. Just make shake it down. I can't. I got family stuff. I can't. It's not. I, I just. I. I have to make a decision. It's not going to happen next uh, year for sure. But okay. Well, thanks for having me on. Uh, hi to all those guys. I called you cheaters. I was just playing. And um, I'm going to say I like. I really like you guys. <laughs> so. <laughs> all right, man. Thank you. Thanks, Pete. Bye. Take care. Bye. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Technic Podcast. If you like this episode and want to hear more, please hit the subscribe button and review the library for more conversations like this one. If there's something that you'd like to hear discussed, please message me on your favorite social media platform and I will get back to you just as soon as I can. Be kind and be safe and remember that Technic is spelled T-E-C-H-N-I-K. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Technic Podcast.